Don't don't say that name. Don't say ML Carr. That'll scare Michael Cooper. He'll oh, be no, awful, no, man. No, <laughs> don't use that ML Carr. That, well, you know, hey, listen. McAdoo will tell you, I wasn't afraid of nothing walking in green. <laughs> Fred, the you know the 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 three point shot out top because me and Coop we used to play horse and stuff. He could he was better than me up at the top, but the corners I could hit the corners. The top was a little bit too far for me. The corners I could hit, but I gotta believe that would have put another three or four points on my average. My yeah. best year when I averaged thirty five, I might average thirty eight or forty points a game. Yeah, if you'd have added him and Dan Issel, right. he scored a lot of points, you know, even in the ABA. Let me interject this, and yeah, back just listening to you and, and uh, Maxwell talk about your upbringing and the, like you said, you got uh, North Carolina A&T, um, that form of basketball, you coming from the streets, you know, because we all kind of came from there. Do you feel that that's what really got you ready to play in the NBA, to have that vigor and that venom? to play against people as opposed to, and I mean, you went to a very prestigious school, but just think about had you gone away or left North Carolina and gone to school, do you think that upbringing helped you survive in the NBA and then match you too? Well, for me, playing against, um, I went to UNC Charlotte. So I hated anybody who was from Carolina, like Bob McAdoo. (laughs) I hated those guys. Anybody who went, any of them tar holes, I hated them. So so that, that was the first thing. (laughs) <laughs> and then, I, Coop, this is what really got me ready for the NBA. My first year ready to come into the NBA, I went. I played in the Bob McAdoo Summer League. Bob McAdoo had this great summer league, and and he had he had always had his team loaded and stacked with people like ML Carr, all these different shooters. Well, the first time I played against Bob McAdoo, I, I could handle a little bit. I was handling before Magic. I come down, McAdoo reaches for the ball. I throw it behind my back. I remember that. I remember that. All over in the corner, hit this shot, and the crowd just goes, Ooh. I remember that, Brad. I remember that. So it was, it was one of those things that, Coop, I don't, I, I, for me, it was playing against guys like McAdoo, playing and playing against the guys from Carolina, playing against the David Thompsons, the Walter Davises. Though, that's what really got me prepared to play because I didn't really know if I could play as well until I played those particular guys every summer. And I'm thinking, like, that guy ain't no better than me. I'm not like I'm better than this guy. So <laughs> I think that for me, that's what gave me confidence. Do you? For me, for me, for me, I'm a little bit ahead of bread. We had, I grew up in apartheid, okay, in Carolina. You had the black leagues and you had the white leagues. And you you got your toughness from just the ferociousness. When, when they finally integrated and white schools start playing the black schools, and I think the first three years of the integration, uh, three black schools won the state championship in North Carolina. And then the white schools start pulling players from the uh, black schools, integrating them into their schools, making them powerhouses. And the the black schools kind of faded away as far as being powerhouses in North Carolina. Okay. That's where my ferociousness came in because 
you you look at the newspaper in the morning and the the local white high schools would have a color picture the whole page while the state championship black team would be on the back page with a little article about this big and i'm like and i used to go to the black games i used to say the black high school games i used to see them play i'm like man these guys are just unbelievable and these guys were not going to the uh the major colleges they were going to the schools at that time were the ciaa like winston-salem state north carolina ant norfolk state when i started watching them i saw earl monroe at uh, winston-salem state averaging 40 a game i saw bobby dandridge at norfolk state he was averaging uh 30 some points a game i don't know if you remember this name mike gale who played had a long oh, career yeah, mike was with, good. Uh, with uh uh, San Antonio, he played at uh, Elizabeth City. I saw these guys, and I'm like, man, these guys, what? And I used to have high school guys say, man, you can't play at Carolina and Duke. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Man, are you crazy? You know, and, uh, you know, that, that's where I think me and Max, we got our ferociousness from because, you know, the people in Carolina, they just didn't, they just didn't believe in us. You know, when, when I was recruited in high school, I was recruited by Guilford College, who won the NAIA championship, by the way, with ML Carr, uh, North Carolina A&T, who would usually win the CIAA. Don't, don't, don't say that name. Don't say ML Carr. That will scare Michael Cooper. He'll oh, be no, awful, no, man. No, <laughs> don't, don't use that ML Carr. That, well, hey, listen. Matthew, no, no, tell you, I wasn't afraid of none walking in green. But anyway, <laughs> listen, I know we got a lot of history. And again, me growing and playing against some of the, uh, uh, the greatest players that's out here on the West Coast. Now that you're in college, how did your college coach help you? And back, I'm going to come to you first because I love Coach Dean Smith. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. Dean Smith was a different type of guy. You talking about 1972. Uh, I See, I had two great choices. I, I had John Wooten recruiting me heavily at UCLA. Those are my two choices. John Wooten, UCLA, Dean Smith, North Carolina. What ended up changing my mind, my father got sick and I said, okay, I need to stay close to home because I wanted to go out to UCLA I didn't know too much about Bill Walton. I knew about Henry Bibby because Henry uh -huh. Bibby was from North Carolina. Yeah. He averaged 30 points in the little 1A school in North Carolina. We didn't even play against him. We looked at 1A schools like, get that crap out of here because we was 4A. <laughs> we was the biggest school. But uh, because he was a North Carolina guy, I wanted to head out there. But my father got sick. Make a little story. My father got sick, so I ended up going to Carolina. Dean Smith, when I went to visit in December – uh, I didn't see any black people on campus and Dean kind of saw me and he looked around and he said to me, and I want to put this in a book. If I, if I, if I write a book, he says, Bob, I don't have any problems with you dating my daughter. If you chose to do so. And that took me aback. I'm like, what? This white man talking like that? in 1972, but Dean meant it. It, it wasn't like I wanted a white girl or nothing like that, but he saw me looking around and kind of like, you know, where the, where the blacks on campus? And 
didn't, didn't, didn't see it. He said that to me. I never, you know, that just kind of blew me away. What kind so was, of was that, person? Was that, like, was that the selling point of you going there then? Was that it? No, that wasn't the selling point. That was just extra, what he, like, what he just said. Yeah. Because you know, what white man would say that to a player, an African-American player? But he meant that because I think he could see it on my face. Because the black schools, that's what they were, were, were promoting us. He said, Bob, why, why would you want to go to white school? There's no social life there for you. I mean, Brad can tell you, North Carolina A&T, they have some of the best looking gals in America. And, you know, Cal Irvin, who was great coach, said, Bob, why, 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 why you want to go there? You know, he used to say to me, you know, wouldn't you rather be a big fish in a little pond and a little fish in a big pond? And I think I kind of shocked him and surprised him because I looked at him in the eye and I said, well, I think I can be a big fish in a big pond. And that kind of took him aback. I wanted to be on a team because I saw what Earl, Earl Monroe had to average 40 points a game to be a first rounder from Winston-Salem State. I saw what he did. Bobby Dandridge had to average 30 points. I didn't want to do it. I wanted to play in front of 10,000, 12,000. I, I think Carmichael held 10,000 people at the time. And I, it was so much negative stuff surrounding me, you know, when I went, oh, you can't play there. You, you can't do this. That ain't do nothing but set a fire under my ass. I well, want to prove people wrong. Listen, if you were the scorer that you became back then, I'd have let you date my daughter too, no matter what color. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well Brad can, hey, well, can, can tell you, Dean Smith wasn't going to let you do a lot of scoring. I mean, I mean, even Michael Jordan, I think Michael only averaged 20 at North Carolina. I averaged 19 because he, he believed more in team-type basketball. That scoring developed in Buffalo. And, yeah, but don't uh, you think that team play helped you get ready for the NBA? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Dean, Dean was definitely, he was organized as, as could be. I mean, we, we, if he said practice started at three and it was going to end at six, it didn't end at six on one. It ended at, at, at six. And as far as conditioning, he basically got me ready for coaches like Jack Ramsey, who was a fitness fiend. We ran our ass off. And you know how Pat <laughs> ran us in, in, in yep. L.A. I mean, yep. that stuff that Pat did was off the chain. So, you know, we did that at Carolina. I mean, we, we were just in the best physical shape that I had ever been in in my life. But he, def he definitely got me ready for the pros with team ball, uh, teaching me different things. Brad, I mean, Cedric, no, most of the Carolina guys, you know, if you overplaying, I didn't know this in Juco. If you guy was overplaying, you go back door. That's, that's what we did. Uh, Dean used to try to run the four corners. I stopped him from this because he was running the four corners <laughs> one day. And uh, I kind of broke the four corners because, you know, my mentality was attack, attack. He called a timeout. He said, uh, you're lucky you made that shot. He never ran the four corners again. My time. He didn't run that stuff again until Phil Ford got there. <laughs> Max, who got you ready? <laughs> uh, well, I think I kind of got myself ready, Coop, because I got cut as a junior in high school. Um, I was 6'7", 
uh, about 165. No, I was actually 6'3". And then I grew over the summer, came back that year and was 6'7", about 170. So I was skinny, but I played, ended up going to UNC Charlotte. And uh, remember getting a, a letter from UNC Charlotte. And I'm thinking, like, I thought I had got a letter from Chapel Hill. I was like, oh, I'm going to the Tar Holes. I was like, oh, man, this is Turned out it was UNC Charlotte. I didn't know where it was at. And then I ended up going to Charlotte. And uh, from there, I had a great I had a great coach. And then Lee Rose came in, another coach, second-year coach, came in and essentially let me do what magic before what before magic. I was 6'8", handling the basketball. So it gave me an opportunity to showcase all my skills. And it was at that time, I remember Magic saying to me later on, he said, you know what? I saw you handling the ball in college. So that made me believe that I was going to be able to handle the ball in college too, being a 6'8". So I think the opportunities at UNC Charlotte for me, if I had gone to Carolina, wouldn't have been as great because Dean Smith, dealt with all the, all the aspects of, you know, ball handling and everybody playing. UNC Charlotte, they gave me the ball and told everybody else to get the, get the out of the way. Then, <laughs> this is how this is going to start. So we're going we gonna to build yourself around. Like, if Mac had gone there, it's like build yourself around a great player. That's what Lee Rose did. Lee Rose built, him, built a team around the great player and let the great player be the engine. I don't know if Dean Smith did that because he had so many great players. And I saw McAdoo play. For me, it was fantastic because I saw Bob play in when he was in college. And I remember before him, there was a black player named Charlie Scott. And it was a thing of pride for me to see that there was a black player playing at Carolina. And I remember seeing McAdoo, and I was like, damn, who is this dude? And he didn't stay there that long. And I remember him shooting. I was like, damn, big dude can shoot like that and handle. And it was so amazing to me that we later on became friends. And I learned so much about him. I'll say, I'll say this word to him right now. Two words to him. He'll understand this. Bimbo Park. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's where Bob McAdoo learned to play That's right. basketball in Greensboro. And yeah. it was an outdoor park. I have a, one of my... One of my classmates went to, uh, he was from Greensboro, and that's all he ever talked about. He's like, it was an outdoor park that all the guys went to. And he said, man, he said, at, at Bimbo Park, he said, that is where you got your run. He said, that's where Bob McAdoo developed it. He said, guys used to pump Bob McAdoo until he went to Bimbo Park and then started to dominate. So I, I love those areas when you think about it. Now, I'll ask you, Coop, how did you develop your skill level and, and skill set? Well, I think on the streets out here, but I think the coach that made the biggest difference for me, because you know what? You bring up Charlie Scott, uh, a thin player out of North Carolina. That's why I kind of emulated my game after. And, you know, watching him in 1970, I said, if this guy can play, Charlie being 6'4", about 125, I said, if yeah. he can play, I know <laughs> I can get out there and play. But again, Charlie played so smart, and he didn't take those big hits. And, and his basketball IQ was off the chain. He wasn't great at a lot of things. Uh, at, at any one thing, he was good with a lot of things. So for me, it was my uh, college coach, Norm Ellenberger, 
he, uh, at the University of New Mexico in Albuquerque, uh, the reason why I went there, because the year before, in 1976, all the black players, they had a boycott. All the black players, they had about 10 good, good players. Uh, uh, this guy named Leonard Gray, who was about 6'8", six, 6'10", six, out here in Los Angeles, a good player went there. They all left off the team. So when he went out recruiting, he went out and got nine JUCO All-Americans, because I went to Pasadena City College for two years. And uh, that's how I wound up there. But it's not my method was, I'm going to throw the ball up, and the, first, the best five can start, and then we'll go from there. And I said, you know what? I like that. Because if he's just going to throw it up, this, this is a white guy, Norm Ellenberger. But real, a lot of tenacity and, and funk behind him. I mean, he believed in running, and he just wanted to run. The defense was his, uh, his forte. And it was always like, get up in them. Don't let them breathe. Become one with them. And that's how I got my start. And then, again, just playing basketball there. And, again, watching Charlie Scott. So when I got my opportunity, I just stayed in that role. But, guys, let me say this, okay? So now we're all in the NBA, okay? And, Max, it looks like where you were at school, one-on-one was particular because you kind of led the Celtics in 84. That was your thing, one-on-one basketball. And they did throw it to you. Mac and I, McAdoo and I came to more, again, like Pat Riley system, team play, so it fitted us well. But think, talk about the player that aggravated or the player that you really like to go against the most. And, Max, I think uh, – the, the guy that I like to go at the most – hold on a minute. I mean, the, the guy that, you, that uh, played with you, name is uh, Lula Game James. That's who I used to like to play with. <laughs> Hold on, let me let me get my towel and then sweep it around. Max, listen, before you take before you take this too far, let me tell you what. James Worthy, that boy, man, I, I you know what the thing I love about James Worthy, as well as Magic, and I say this to everybody. I saw these guys come in as good college players and evolve into great players like yourself and McAdoo, but I was there firsthand to see it. So for me, if you don't want to have a problem with me, you quit saying little game because he's always big game to me. Go ahead. Well, for me, <laughs> he's always going to be little game because <laughs> I remember what I said to him. And I looked right him in the face. And the reason I said this is because in game six, we played you guys in L.A. in 1984. And we thought we had you guys beat. You guys brought some clown off the bench named Byron Scott, who has 17 points in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter, which, <laughs> which you guys won the game. But before that, I'm going there for a layup in that game, and that was after Rambus had got tackled. James Worthy pushed me in the back with two hands. Yeah. I remember getting up, thinking to myself, I said, and everybody grabbed me. I said, that's okay. They, yeah, here's the stat sheet you need to look at, both of you. Oh, so boy. You yeah, you can look at it. Yeah, cool. I want you to look at that stat sheet. Oh, you, okay. You 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 can look at you can look at that stat sheet and tell. And the crazy thing about it, cool, we talk about three point shots. You were the only one to hit a three in the whole game. Max, you know what? I was really trying to stay away from this rivalry thing because I actually kind of like you now. Uh, but I got my boy Mac to do on here. So you know what? You want to start something, then it's gonna be something. Uh, Go ahead. <laughs> Hey, 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 let me tell you something about bread. Bread didn't care. Me and bread, me and bread used to come to half court before the games. And, you know, we talk about our time in Carolina, Bob McAfee, Summer League. And, <laughs> and, then, and then, yeah, of course, bread would put his hand on his neck and stuff. And this is what got me. The one day he looked at Byron 
and said, let Byron know that Danny Ainge is going to kick his ass. I said, okay. So I got, I got Byron, and he came up to half court, and Brad said, oh, yeah, he going, he going at you, bro. He going, he, going, he going at you. I said, I said, we got another Muhammad Ali out here. <laughs> hey, Brad, hey, and on top of that, we'd be in the game. They'd be taking the ball out of bounds. I'd be guarding Brad on the opposite side. Brad would look at me and say, you know where it's coming, bro. <laughs> <laughs> They was, gonna, they was gonna swing it, boom, boom, boom. I said, uh uh, Brady. I said, thanks for warning me. I'd be butt fronting Brady and everything, and he'd be going in circles until he got the ball. I said, then it was me and him one on one. But hey, Brad was definitely Muhammad Ali. I'm telling you, he, he, he talked junk and he backed it up. He backed it up. He really Mike, let, me, let, me, let me throw this into the equation. <laughs> let me throw this out there. Kareem would get every now and then in practice, Kareem would uh, get feisty. And Kareem had one of them days when he would start scoring on everybody, Max. And McAdoo would have to remind him, Cap, listen, I'm a reserve player here, but you remember when I used to give your ass 40-45? And again, those are the banters that we had within the team. Who was it for you when you were at the Celtics? Was, was Larry Joe Bird. It was a guy that I had to guard. That, this, is, this is a story i tell anybody. When I had to play Bird, that was – I was the first black player actually to see him. And so that was the big thing for me. Like, you know, the guy I had to go against every single day. And then we got McHale. Then we got Parrish. And then we started having the dominant team. Mac? Hey, you know why he got those guys? Because of me. <laughs> they traded <laughs> they 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 me to Detroit. And they ended up getting, I think, uh, McHale and a draft pick and somebody else for me because they saw me and Collins. We we weren't we weren't going to work. It wasn't going to well, be. Well, you know that Bob, you're 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 right because that in in the book later on, Detroit was trying to decide who they were going to take. You remember that year you came to us, my yeah. second year. I was averaging 19 points a game. Yeah. Detroit had a decision to make because we got ML Carr. And yeah. once we got ML Carr, That's it was right. they had to That's give right. the Celtics had to give some kind of compensation. So Detroit staff picked, they said, are we gonna take Maxwell or are we gonna take McAdoo? And obviously they ended up taking Bob McAdoo. And he says, Coop, you'll love this. Max says he hated, he hated Boston. Oh my God. He hated Detroit. Yes, there was a I guy did. named Leon the Barber Leon who used to the sit Barber. behind the bench. Leon and boy, he railed McAdoo so much when he went to Detroit. Mac wanted to fight him. Because he knew he knew I he knew I hated him. He was a he was he was a clown. He was a clown. I, I remember when we came in with New York one day and we came out to warm up. He said, you could hear his voice all over the, the Silver Dome, wherever it was. <laughs> He said, here come the niggerbockers. I, I said, what? I said, and they let him sit behind our bench, man. I mean, oh, this, guy, this guy would control the coaches the way he be talking. You better put so-and-so in. You better do this and that. And they used to tell me, they used to tell me, Bob, don't mess with him. He's packing. 
And I used to tell them, bro, you got to understand. I'm from Greensboro. I got some boys from Fort Bragg. They got some boys from Fort Bragg. They'll come here. They'll blow that motherfucker out of the frame. He better watch with who the hell he's talking to. Hey, dude. Boy, I, hey, dude, dude remember when we were playing with the Lakers? <laughs> and he went after you back then? Yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, matter of fact, he'd be talking so much, he would influence Pat in the how to play me. I remember I went to the game one time and he said, you better get him out of there. You ain't going to do nothing with him in there. I was in there for two minutes and I was out. I came all the way from the opposite side of the court looking at Pat. If my eyes would have been like a beam, Pat would have been, he'd have been, his head would have been lasered off on the floor. Dude, this is what I heard he say one time. And again, just uh, enjoying these moments that we had yeah. in the past. He used to say, um, Pat Riley, why you put McAdoo in there? Because McAdoo. <laughs> yeah, McAdoo. McAdoo. Hey. You know he, what? He, Let me tell you this, this story. And I love, I love Pat Riley. And the reason I love Pat Riley is because we used to play you guys like during the exhibition season. And we you guys had a couple guys. This guy named Larry Spriggs or Spriggs. Yeah, Spriggs, Spriggs. Spriggs. So he was sitting down at the end of the bench, him and three other guys. They were all down there yelling and screaming at me. Hey, he played in the game. So the ball <laughs> goes out of bounds and over near Pat Riley. And I'm taking the ball out of bounds. The referee gets ready to hand me the ball. And I said, you love this Muhammad Ali moment. He gets ready to hand me the ball. I told the ref, hold on a minute. And he looks at me. Pat's standing beside me. I said, Pat, do me a favor. Put one of them down there. <laughs> <laughs> Pat does like this. He said, hey, you, go in the game. <laughs> he came in to guard me. I scored about eight quick points. And then on his way out the game, I said, the next time, you get a free ticket and people are working. Maybe you should just shut the fuck up and just sit over there and be quiet. And he went back over there. He never said another word. <laughs> he didn't say another word. So uh, I appreciate Pat Riley for that. Oh yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Me and Spriggs, me and Spriggs, we he calls me periodically now. We we always go back at each other because he talk about he always talking about how he was MVP two years in a row at the Emmy. AC at Howard, and I said, <laughs> come on, don't give me no Mickey Mouse league. This ain't what it was when, when Earl Monroe and them was in the MEAC. You playing high school basketball. And How then, did he do in the NBA? Tell me that. <laughs> hey, 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 if he was here sitting there, he'd he probably bust the screen with us on it because he don't want to hear that. <laughs> no, he, he didn't play. I don't give a damn what you say. Hey, well, no, I used to get on Sprig because I said, Sprig, you always into that muscle root stuff. You're trying to muscle people. Show me some talent, man. Don't try to buffalo people all the time. He's talking about, I got back out of busted your little skinny head. I said, Sprig, you know damn well. I wasn't going to let no light-skinned brother beat me. <laughs> that ain't happening. That ain't happening. I'll die first. <laughs> so listen, Max and Do, both of us, again, it was always the Lakers and the Celtics at the finals coming to the end. And Do, Maxwell said this. He said, you know what, Coop? Y'all had them penny ante weak West Coast teams to go through where we had to beat all these other hard teams to get there. So 
Max, I'm gonna let you go first. Talk Thank about you. the two teams you had to beat: Pistons, Bulls, uh, Cavaliers with Price and, and those guys. Man, them, them teams weren't even around. The teams that we had to beat in the East back then were the dominant teams. Milwaukee at that time when they had Bob Lanier, mm-hmm. and you remember Philadelphia. Yep. Those were the teams we had to beat. Every time we looked up. You guys were playing popcorn teams over there to get to. <laughs> oh, no, no, Max, we were that good. There. We made it look you, easy. You That's why. San Antonio, you're playing. You're playing. I mean, the time that that um, Houston ended up beating you that time, I was like, I was just shocked. Hey, maybe you know, you know why? You know why? You know why? You know why? Hey, okay, Brad, you know why they beat Houston? Because they didn't find me back. They went and got Maurice Lucas and, <laughs> sent me, and sent me to Philly. I went to the finals four straight years. They wanted to get bigger and stronger instead of being sleek and fast, which was what we wanted to do. Hell, Cooper and Magic and James, they called me over saying, Matt, this, this stuff ain't working here. I mean, <laughs> he, he don't even want to practice. We had the great camaraderie and stuff. But, Brad, going back to you, come on now. San Antonio, they had the A-Train. They had another the A-Train, yeah, get the hell out of here. The A-Train <laughs> ever get to the finals? They ever get to the finals? No, because they had to go through us. NBA finals. When, when did they get to the finals? Who else you had to play out there? Hey, you hey, hold it, hold it. They had Iceman Gervin on that team, too. Now he was a bad boy. They had, they had they the had Twin Mike, Towers. They had, Mike, they had Mike Mitchell. They had Mike, some stars, bro. Robert Reed. But you had to play. But you had to play teams like Denver, who who said, go ahead. If you score 107, they don't mind. Well, but you Brad, didn't play nobody. Brad, Brad. Dan Issel and, and and English, both of them were averaging twenty five a game. Yeah. yeah, but they give up. They give up thirty a game. Hey, Brad, I'll give you credit on Philadelphia. They had a squad. They got Hall of Famers on their team. Don't talk to me about no Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee <laughs> Bucks was a joke. Bob Lanier couldn't even get up and down the floor. Come on now, who else did they have? Marcus Johnson. We and had somebody. Johnson. Uh, what what's the um, the Jack Sigma at the time? Hey, no, no, right Jack Sigma was in Seattle. Oh, that's Not, right. Hey, 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 who, 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 who? Not Damn. one Hall of Fame player. <laughs> Milwaukee, not one Hall of Fame player. I think think George Gervin is in the Hall of Fame. I think Artis Gilmore is in the Hall of Fame. Wait a minute, wait a minute. They had Moncrief. They had Moncrief. I think Moncrief was on that Milwaukee team. Yeah. Hey, Coop, 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 Coop. Lanier was in the Hall of Fame. Coop, what would you have done to Moncrief? What does that mean? Locked up. Give him the handcuffs. And like Bob his boy, Jack Bob Bauer Lanier. in 24. Hey, he'd have locked his ass up. Bob, on, Bob Lanier, Max. They had Bob Lanier. Kareem, Kareem, Kareem annihilated him. Come on. I love Max, Big Bob. Hey, Big Bob couldn't deal with with Look, Dave. The or, year, the year that we, the year that we won it in 1981, when we played Philly, and I think the Lakers got knocked out. Oh, excuse me, that's when Tragic Johnson did, you know, whatever <laughs> tricks he was doing. Y'all got knocked out, didn't didn't get there. They didn't, they didn't have play. me. Bread. They didn't have me, Brad. They, they had we had to wait. We had to play. Wait, we had to play Houston that year. We played Houston that year. 
and it was between Philly and Boston. We knew whoever won in 1981 that series was going to win the championship. That had to be the toughest seven-game series I've ever played against Philadelphia in 1981. Tough. You're talking about tough. Is that when Dr. J players? Is that when Dr. J grabbed Larry by the throat? No, that was that was a couple years later when, okay. when I tried to Barkley was there then and I, I jumped on Barkley's back and that's when he grabbed Larry and punched him about three or four times in the face. And then you'll love this. And Mel Carr came over to the bench and said, Boy, Larry sure showed me no. The coach said, Larry sure showed me something. And ML Carr said, Yeah, that he could take three punches in the face. <laughs> so <laughs> so oh, the, I, the thing about Larry Coop. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on. Or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. All open 24 hours a day and all online, including their $750,000 poker series. And if you're into props and entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, even the weather. Visit the website or use your mobile device and join today to receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use the promo code CLNS50. Bet online, your online wagering experts. As we talk about great players that you played against, and you probably played against Magic all the time. I had to deal with Larry Bird this first year. My first year, I was averaging about, my second year, I was averaging 19 points a game. I get Larry Bird. I'm sitting there on the, on the, on the podium over there. I'm the first pro that's going to play against him. So he walks into the building, and I'm doing like this. Here he comes. Great white hope. Here we go. Man, I get out on that court. First hand, I got my hands down from about 15. Larry knocks down the first one. Second one. Man, I'm up. I am sweating like hell by the end of the damn practice. Now, I didn't score a lot of points on it, but the first black person I could get to, I walked up to him. I said, you know what? The fucking white guy can play. And that's all, that's all, that's all <laughs> I can say. And from then on, every black person was asking me before a game, was asking me, hey, Hey, Brett, how is the, how's this bird kid? I said, you'll find out. And the thing I liked about Larry Coop was the fact that he was, uh, he, he didn't give a damn. And I always said the thing, but I knew Larry Bird had crossed over to be a great player to me was when I was in the black barbershop and I saw a picture of Larry Bird in the black barbershop. I was like, oh, hell. You know, Bobby, it was always like, it yeah. was always like Jesus. And yeah, then, it was yeah. <laughs> then I see a picture of Larry Bird. I'm like, damn, he done crossed over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, boy. That was but I hated the fact that here's the one thing I hated, and I'll ask Scoop this. Why the black players on our team, we were called Uncle Tom's. Why did you get that? That was the one thing, Coop, that really bothered me more than anything else that you might have said or you guys said about our team? Well, that goes back to how we initially first started this whole conversation about the racism in Boston. So we felt that y'all had sold out. Now, I understand you were there to do your job. You were there, yes. <laughs> there to do your but y'all looked too happy there. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, Marilyn, all you could see was teeth all the time, towel, towel waving and stuff. Wait a minute, wait a minute. 
Cheating when we came there, man. They did all the tricks. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Cool, 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 cool. This is the Mickey Mouse stuff that the Boston Celtics pull. <laughs> Let me tell you, they got pissed off that me and Coop had on our long socks that we've been wearing all our careers and had the commissioner come in our locker room and tell us we couldn't wear our long socks. I forgot How about that. That's right, is that? That is some childish crap. Me and Coop been wearing strings out on our pants, <laughs> long socks, and y'all going to come. We in a hot contested series, and y'all going to come with that crap. And then on top of that, after your boy clothesline Kurt Rambus, you know he wasn't going to clothesline me and Coop because it was going to be shit going on. They come in in the league. We got to soften up. Pat comes in there and tells him, we can't be so intense. We looked at him like, are you kidding me? Man, we, we couldn't wait. We were going to wait to make hell good up for a shot. We was going to clothesline him. We was going to tear that big block head up. You know what? They going to find us 25000 if we hit any of the Boston Celtics. You know, you know how we took that. Don't touch, don't touch them white boys. Well, That's look, what we looked at. This is, this, is how I, this is how crazy I had got in that series. <laughs> I remember James Worthy coming down. You ready to get a free throw, or get, a, get a layup. And I could hear somebody said, kill him. Kill him! I realized it was me. I was like, damn! I was like, damn! We were, we, you know what? We won't even playing basketball no more. It was just like, okay, you oh, want to yeah. go in for a layup? Oh, that yeah. was our, thing. that was our mentality then. Oh, they want to be all cool and get layups. You know what? We are gonna put a halt to all that shit. We gonna see how, how big they got Listen. balls or not. And when we, and when, and when he got tackled. When Kurt Rambis got tackled, every one of them Lakers' eyes got this big, like, oh, shit. <laughs> what's going on here? But, no, fellas, no. listen, and I do think that those were some of uh, the best days of the NBA, but I think it's through the course of that is why we have the change in the NBA today because they yeah. don't want that to uh, get to that degree. That was good basketball back then, and I w really wish it would be kind of a little bit like that. But, again, I think it's about protecting the players. Uh, what's your thoughts about today's game? 
who got hurt then, Coop? Who got hurt? <laughs> Only thing got hurt was somebody's damn feelings. I mean, what? Right. I don't even He's right. understand that. He's right. Now you think about He's in that right. series, in that He's series, right. when Kurt Rambis got knocked out, did he get hurt? No, he didn't get hurt. He popped the league, back up. The, the league, right up. I'm going to tell you what, that series propelled the NBA like no other series. Yes, it did. I agree. Everybody had yeah. to sit down and watch that. That yeah. was much must-see TV. Detroit oh, yeah. tried it later on, all that stuff. But the original tough guy games yeah. were against the Lakers and the Celtics. And I, I don't think anybody going to ever I, question that. I because I we made, and I said this about Magic, I said about the Lakers, we made you guys champions because we toughened you guys up. Yeah. And when we played you the next year, and your boy was hurt over here, and I didn't play, but oh, yeah. it was a <laughs> Mac, oh, yeah. asterisk. That's oh, an asterisk on it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Just like the asterisk is on 84 when I got hurt in the play. Right, right, right. All you got to do, Bob, is look at that stat sheet. I had in that game against 24-8-8 eight eight against the Lakers in the final game. Hey, and I remember, hey, and, this hey. is, and this is what was so good about it, I remember looking over at you because you were hurt. And you were looking to me like, boy, Red, I wish Red, I could get out there. Red, you had Kurt on you. <laughs> that wasn't my problem. That hey, wasn't my problem. I'd have been draped on you like Cooper's <laughs> on, on, on Larry Bird. Ain't no, you, you got no Twitter. I knew your game from the Bob McAdoo Summer League. <laughs> you know, you know, there were more people that guarded me. Kurt Ramos didn't play that much. I had Little Game James on me. I had Magic guard me. I had all them guys guard me. You had Cup, Cup check on you. Cup had just come back from a knee replacement. I mean, come on, bread. Come on, bro. Dude, you could have got anybody over there. Wasn't my problem. You got to find somebody to guard me. I know. I know. Injuries is a part of the game. That's right. Part of the game. That's hey. That's where it is. I mean, we 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 lost. I mean, I mean, I'm, I got to put an asterisk on, on 83 and 84 because I didn't play. I got hurt in 83 and 84. 82 and 85, we won because I was playing. Hey, it looked like if Bob McAdoo was playing, we'd have won four in a row, bro. And you look, look, look at it. Look at dude. Boston Celtics, Celtics wouldn't have been Mac, look it. here. McAdoo, look at it. We have one more of these. That's right. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, yes, sir. But cool, cool, cool. We can't we can't fight him on that. The Boston Celtics got championship <laughs> trophies up the Yang Yang coming out of there. <laughs> That's why I look at Bill Russell. People talk about the greatest. This dude got eleven. They won eight championships in a row. Yeah. The thing yeah. that was crazy. I love this Mac, and I always so cool for this. Yeah. Larry Bird used to get never really got mad with me, except when we played the Lakers, because he used to tell me, "Yo." Set a pick on Michael Cooper. I'm like, <laughs> dude, Michael Cooper was right in his jock. I, I couldn't even sell a pick. I was like, hey, he's hey, so hey, mad. Hey, hey, let me tell you about Coop. I used to see him every day in practice. We used to, Coop, you remember Pat used to say lock and trail? Yeah. People used yep. to try to people used to try to set a pick on Coop. You know, Coop was like a rat getting under a door. It might be a slit that big. I know. He was going to slip. He was going to slip through there. He wasn't going to go over the top. He was going to go. He was going to slip his little slender body through there. He'd be right there on you on on a pick, man. I'm like, 
Damn, this boy can play some D. Yeah, <laughs> that's the, that's the advantage of being skinny. Well, and, and I hate it. I hate it when, I tell you what, I used to hate when they announced his name. I hate it when they announced Cooper's name. <laughs> <laughs> I hated that shit. I hated it. I hated that. Hey, guys, listen. Let's put this in. The, let's, Matt, what type of player would you be in today's game? A uh, twenty oh, million dollar a year player. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking yeah. for me stiff right oh, now. Oh, like, I mean, oh, I think that I think that of all our games, I think Bob McAdoo's game was probably more suited to today's game than any any of us, the three of us. I would yeah. have had to really change my game because the, the the power game around the rim and layups and free throws that's that's gone. You had a better shot because you were a three-point shooter, and you were you got it in vogue before a lot of other people. But I think my game would have really had to change. But there were a lot of players, great players that we played at at the time. Their game would have had to evolve because you you have to be able to knock down the three right now. You have to be yeah. able. To knock but down. but but Matt, you know what? For me, for you, and looking at your game, teams don't know how to double team. That's why I think that you would probably be a thirty-point scorer in today's game. If they got it down to you real quick, because you do look at the lead, everybody's spread out so much to where all they're concentrating on is taking away teams' three-point yeah. shots. So I think yeah. you would have flourished a lot. And I hate to say that because you know I don't really like you, but I got to right. respect it, your it, game. Don't worry. It won't hurt that much. Just go <laughs> ahead and get hey, it. Hey. You know, the, the thing, the crazy boys, when you talk about that, is you look at players now and they the history of the game, part of it, was lost, but now it's kind of gained again with the whole 30 for 30. A quick story I'll tell you was we the 30 for 30 series came on, Lakers versus Celtics, and Jason Tatum, you know, one of our star players on the on the team now, he has seen the series. So so uh, we came to a game and he started yelling like he was walking on the court and he saw me, he's like, cornbread, cornbread. I said, Cornbread. I said, boy, what's wrong with you? He said, boy, I saw that 30 for 30. You were a badass brother. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think the history of the game now was lost, but because of some of the things that have happened, yeah. it's kind of be re- recaptured by players because they look at you sometimes like you don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. You're going, dude, I got multiple rings. Oh, boy. But, hey, let me tell you. Well, I remember when I was coaching with the Heat, Talking about the in the game, when I was coaching with the Heat, me and Brad, we used to see each other before the game. He was doing his announcing. And, Brad, I don't know if you remember. Remember how I, I had you in the post and I said, Brad, what are they doing now? They get the ball in the post and they hold it and they wait for the double team to, came, to come. And yeah. Brad looks at me. He said, Matt, you know what would have happened if they'd have done that in our day. That second guy would have come down and I'd have been shaking his hand because that ball would have been gone. Because we didn't wait. No, no, he was right. He, you remember that, Brad? He said that you'd have been shaking that double-team man's hand because when we got the ball, we turned and we went. Or we got it and we go. Now it's like, look well, at you me. know what? That, 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 started out, that started out with Charles Barkley. Looking yeah. over Pointing yeah. the guys, all this stuff. Yeah. I was guard when I was good. Now the toughest guy I'm gonna say I guarded at that time is that damn Bernard King. Oh, you come down boy. The, the team oh, get fast enough. 
Ooh, Dude, by the time the ball got down there, it was already gone. Oh, yeah. All you were doing was come down there saying, oh, yeah. oh, oh yeah. it was oh, like yeah. me guarding and Coop. I know you had it with Dr. J. They always have you on the highlight getting dunked on. Well, I had a play back in the NBA, and they had this isolating play where they were sending all four guys to the corner, and it was me and Dr. J. And I'm down in my defensive stance in Philadelphia, and I see 18,000 people start to get up. And I'm guarding him. I'm like, oh, shit, something bad about to happen. <laughs> so, I'm thinking in my mind. So, I mean, guys, now, they depend on so much help now. Yeah. The help yeah. defense and all that. Yeah. We didn't have help. If you couldn't guard a guy, you yeah. were going to sit your ass on the bench. Absolutely. That's what you're going to do. Sit Absolutely. On Absolutely. You had to guard your old man. I remember when I came straight from Italy and I came back for coaching, I saw these rotations and guys running across the court. I'm like, what the heck is this? And then, and then they had that forearm in the back. I remember I had just come off the boat from Italy. I was coaching, but I was still in shape. I remember Kirk Thomas. You remember him? Yeah. Kirk was a tough guy. I got the ball in the post one day. We were playing. They had me playing because they didn't have enough guys. And Kirk did that to me. And I the hell is that? Man, I spun on him and shot a jumper and he <laughs> fell on the ground. I said, man, you better get this hand on the waist back in here. Y'all got this old bullshit elbow in the back. Man, get out of here. We was going to score that, regardless. They trying to make the That was Michael, that was Michael Cooper like that with the claw. That was yeah. Michael Cooper guarding people. I remember that way, especially if it was a guard. And yeah. why he hated Danny Ainge I don't know why y'all hated Danny Ainge. So oh, that go back to college. He went to Utah, I mean, the BYU, and I went to uh, New Mexico. So I've been hating him a long time. So that don't <laughs> have nothing to do <laughs> with the rivalry. I've been after him a long time. You know what? It goes so far that Danny almost don't want to talk to me in public when we see each other. He'll wow. run away from me. Wow. Wow. That's, 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 the, fear. The, that's the fear that, 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 that the coop put in you. That's, that's the crazy part that I think about. When I think about our teams and how we had, and, and this just, just happened to happen, how we had all the great white players. And I think, and that's what pissed me off about it. We had great black players, but we won't even identify. Robert Parrish no. was a great player. No, no, I know. But, but all y'all, but all the media wanted to talk about was McHale and Bird and Danny Ainge. And we had Dennis Johnson, who was a, a Hall of Famer. Yeah. So it was just crazy how, you know, the media played white and black <laughs> against each other. Yeah, yeah. And let I me can't. ask you all this. Let me ask you this. One thing that you would do to change today's game, what would it be if you could do one thing? Um, I would let the game be a lot more physical. Okay. Because I think people enjoy the physicality. College basketball should not be more physical than NBA basketball. Yeah. There's all this hand checking, all this. A guy gets hit. A guy gets hit in the head with a little elbow, and then now you call it, they're doing like this, talking about flagrant. Man, let me tell you what a flagrant foul was. Yeah. When the guy got punched in the throat or punched in the stomach. My play, I always told people, my feelings have never been so hurt. And Kareem was my favorite player. I was playing against him one time. The dude came down and elbowed me, and the elbow didn't hurt me, Mac, but my damn feelings were hurt. 
Yeah. I, my feelings were hurt because he, because he elbowed me. I was like, damn, my favorite player hit me with a damn elbow. So I was, it just pissed me the hell off. But yeah. I just think we, the league needs to be a lot more physical. Yeah. Okay. That could do. Yeah, well, that, well that's, that's what all the older players talk about now. I mean, the, the game is just too soft, man. It's like, like we, we look at guys now, and they're great players, but – Damn, if they'd have played in the 70s and 80s, I'm talking about guys that score like Harden and, and, and Curry. Man, let me tell you, they'd have got beat up. All this freebie <laughs> yeah. and, and distance and space. And first time somebody would have tried one of them Euro steps, them legs would have been flying all over the place. <laughs> they'd have been undercut. You'd have but you know what? You'd have one time with that Euro step, and the next time the Euro step, would have been America's step because you'd have got. Yeah, well, man, that's right. <laughs> now that that is true. But but you know, let's let's give a little bit of credit now to the guys these days because I thought about that. I was like, damn, Michael Cooper against Steph Curry. How would that how would that go? But where these dudes shoot from right now, they shoot from half court. So yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know but how Max, you guard them, dude. But Max, you know what I would do? This would be my change for the NBA today's game. I would move the three-point line out about two or three more feet to initiate and make them play that, that mid-range game. I think that's what's lost in our game because if you look at the game now, it's either all the way to the basket or three-pointer. When we played in the 80s, it was about championships were won in the paint. And the that's closer right. you got to the paint, the better your percentages went up. So for me, I think I would move that back to get them and force them to shoot that 15, 18-footer and not be rewarded by that extra point by making them hit that two. It's almost like the big three. The big three now, they got that four-point shot there. Yeah. Ice Cube got that. I mean, that's, that's a tough shot. So if you make these guys, not everybody can shoot a three. In today's game, everybody shoots a three. Yeah, that really it, – it's, it's converted like that, I, but – I tell you what, I would pay money right now to see Michael Cooper in his prime and that boy up in Portland. You don't Miller, want none of that boy. Miller, you don't Miller. want none of that boy. You don't Damian want none Miller. of Damian Lillard. Yeah, Damian Lillard. See, I go, hey, listen, I go get that Woo! motherfucker. You know what? That's the, thing about it. That's the thing about it. You got to make these guys do one thing. You know who I would love to play against is James Harden. That guy would not be able to score on me, I don't believe. I would Whoa. force him right now. He's a score. And I'm not going to take anything away. He's a good scorer. Lillard's a good scorer. But the mentality is you got to get these guys one thing. Today's players get these guys two or three things. Damian Lillard, the way you're going to score on me is taking that ball to the basket. I ain't giving you no threes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you Lillard know what? Give you I, I, what today, I think you're right about that because if it was – if you were guarding somebody like James Harden, wouldn't be all this damn dribbling back and forth. Oh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Dribbling no, three, no, four times, no. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's that ball been gone. He's been going the other way. Westbrook with all his annex, he's got his ass kicked. I know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He'd, he'd, have, been, he'd have been crushed going to that basket. We didn't let anybody go to the back. And then the way, then the way these guys look at you. I came back from Europe, and they make a shot or make a dunk and be doing all this stuff like, like, what the hell is that? Oh, my God. You know, just jumping, you know, hit a shot and looking at the whole bench as they're running up and down the court. I said, man, what the hell is this? This stuff really doesn't change, man. Hey, hey, ain't no way. Let me tell you, first of all, you talking about changing, cool? I would take that smile 
out of there. So the referees, hey, man, I used to, I might sprain my ankle to keep from running over somebody getting a charge. Why they gotta look down at a smile one for? If you run over somebody, you run over them. Get that smile. Who's stuck? That's a non-basketball player. That Wait a minute. All that, all that smiling was created by them, by them asses in L.A. doing that Showtime crap. No. I no, ain't see. No, Magic no. Johnson must have the best teeth in the damn world. No, no. I'm talking about. I'm talking about the smile on the floor, Brad. For the charges, I want to get the, we call it the smile. Get that, get that line out of there. I don't want that. You know, yeah. I mean, I would take a step and, and I don't care if I missed the shot. I was, I was trying my best not to run over nobody. You know, if the guy's under the basket and you run over him, you know, hell, dummy, you, you, you got a charge. Yeah. You know what? You just, the, you just the opposite. There was a guy named Lynn Elmore. I think it's Lynn Elmore. I remember Lynn Elmore. All he wanted to do was take charges. Let me tell you a secret we had with the Celtics. If you stepped on him, you got paid. He just got hot. You want to take a charge? We don't oh, let you boy. take a charge, all right? Oh, but we're going to oh, step boy. in your chest with Converse. Oh. So I hated that dude, man. Yeah. Hated that dude. And, yeah, and then we had, I think what we had to do, we had characters, though. Maybe even more characters back during your time. Because I saw one of your guys the other day, and I'm going to mimic him for Bob McAdoo. I was like, damn, man, what are you saying? That was Bob McAdoo's guy, Sugar Ray Richardson. Yeah, that's who I'm talking about. Hey, Coop, remember... Michael Ray over in Europe because Sugar told me Coop came over from the Lakers all cocky and arrogant and stuff and talking shit. And, and Michael told me Coop didn't want to shake his hand. It was playing Bologna. He was in Rome. He didn't want to shake his hand. Michael Ray said, I, I'm going to be your, your worst nightmare tonight. <laughs> I'm going to be your worst nightmare tonight. And then, and then Coop, my boy, he's my boy now from L.A., <laughs> He'd come down from Milan to play Rome. And what's the what's the, the big European from Dino Raja? Dino Raja. We, we were getting ready to go in the jump circle, and Coop says, Dino, kick his ass. <laughs> like, what? What? I looked at Coop. I said, you'll never see a dark gable. It ain't going to happen. He ended up, he ended up, Dino Roger ended up getting his ass tore up in Rome. <laughs> All because Cooper started some shit. Hey, Mac. Oh. Mac. Where are you going to put the this dude, guy? The dude, Dino Roger. The dude, Dino Roger, was making $3.2 million over there, man. I know it. That was Most. some bull. That was some bull. <laughs> I, had, I had all the EuroLeague championships from Croatia or Serbia getting all the damn money. You know, you know, Roger, they told me that when he got uh, a couple years ago, he got in the Hall of Fame. And I looked at somebody, I was like, he got in the Hall of Fame? I said, you know what? Let me be, I'm from France right now. That's where I'm from. So I, I would be an international player. <laughs> you know, Roger, what? Are you kidding yeah. me? Uh-oh, there you Talking shit, I think that was the time that uh, something had happened. 
And uh, yeah, that those were the confrontations that you loved when the Lakers and the Celtics got together. Look at that. You know what? And I say this about Boston. Yes, I hated the city. I didn't too much like the people. Couldn't stand their players. But I loved the Boston Garden because of the, the uh, historical uh, basketball that was always played there. The floor was terrible. You, and, you know, that was the one thing you hated about playing in the Garden because the players knew where the dead spots were. We played there so much and kicked so much butt, we eventually learned where the dead spots were. Oh, but it was a joy. <laughs> it was a joy oh. playing there. I can't believe Bird was smiling in that picture at Coop. Oh, I know. Was scared. That was a scared look, Mac. You know how <laughs> when some people get scared, they smile? Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Lord, have mercy. And we started right there. There it is. <laughs> Man, I, I'm glad I didn't have any lunch or anything. Oh, the first time oh, I saw boy. that, I about threw up. I was like, what the <laughs> hell is going you know on? What? No, listen, and oh. to defend my boy, because Magic's my boy. <laughs> hey, listen, that's the agony of defeat there. Anyway, <laughs> well, it might it might have been a J-stone from the dew in his face. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, what the hell happened? <laughs> Oh, great pictures here. I remember but that picture. You, you, you say that, Coop, but I still look at those those pictures uh, of you and Larry, and there's a there's a, a classic thing where you and Larry, uh, Larry takes about to take the ball out, and you standing behind. I ain't never seen nobody flop the way Coop did. Listen, Larry I got hit, man. lying back. I said, that's what we hated about Hollywood. Uh, Everybody out there was a damn actor. I was like, I hated it. Mac, I was all over him. That's why. He's calling up for me. Oh, boy. Oh, oh boy. I hated that. Oh, boy. That was crazy. Oh, boy. Yeah, I made made me ill. Yeah, them, them banners up there. Uh, man, that place is, uh, it just irked me to be playing in it. You know what? The one thing I love about Boston Garden that the Staples Center should adopt is putting up a, a a banner with all the other players' numbers. I, I you know I really respect that about Boston because it takes more than those per, those individual jerseys and those players to win championships. I mean those guys were great, all the numbers up there. But what about all the other people? The McAdoo's, the Coopers, the Rambuses, yeah. AC Green. I think those players and even Pat Riley for number one should be recognized for us winning those championships. Oh yeah, I, I, there's no question. I think that you guys were short aimed, but I just think we have so many great players. Sometimes there's always guys get caught in a shuffle. And I was talking about this on my podcast the other day. It's like everybody talks about the big three in Boston. I was like, the big three? <laughs> that was, was four of them. Actually, I'm the dude over there can take the next. But you know what? Some things you do, you just kind of have to let it go and think that everybody's not always going to get the attention. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there we go. And Mel Carr. Got the Mel was about to do nothing. He didn't have a towel in his hand. <laughs> he said he didn't have a towel in his hand. He didn't have a towel in his hand. He wasn't about to do nothing. <laughs> oh, boy. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I could, I could. Oh man, that's a great shot. That's the man right there. That's my boy that, there. That was that was Magic's worst nightmare right there. This was another one I idolized. Right 
Go ahead, Max. Go ahead, Max. I said, that dude right there could D you up. He yeah. was a nightmare for yeah. Magic. We won that series when we started Dennis Johnson on Magic. And then that slowed the whole breakdown because DJ could stay in front of Magic. And yeah. he had good hands. Yeah. He was just like Michael Cooper. You know, good hands, got good body position. And then Magic could get to a bat. That long arm, too. Long arm. That Sky Hook was... That sky hook to me still is the most awesome weapon of all times. That yeah, old, there it is, Bob. The old black magic. Sydney Wicks and Charlie Scott. Yeah. Sydney Wicks and Charlie Scott. I remember that. My my son, my oldest son, is the first one that called me when he saw it and he said, Dad, can you believe you the only MVP, the only scoring champ? They didn't make the top 50. How did that happen? I said, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I went to Europe and, uh, you know, Buffalo is not a franchise anymore. They, they forgot about me. I, I looked at some of the players on there, you know, I mean, I, I ain't afraid to talk about them. I mean, Nate Thurman, I used to average 40 on him. <laughs> uh, 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 Bill Walton, he was a one-year wonder. Yeah, please. I mean, it, it's just some people on there. I mean, Dave DeBusher was a good player. He wasn't a great player. I mean, I could name people. You ain't gonna, you gonna tell me me and David Thompson? David Thompson? Wow, I forgot Did about him. Did you see him, him play? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Are they crazy? I mean, but politics—that's that's what you got to deal with in this world. It you denigrates know? the entire list, frankly. Uh, it makes it great ruins the credibility. Now I see they added you now to the top sixty. I said, why even bother? Yeah, why bother? I mean, it's 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 not it's not right. I mean, I was hurt for the longest time over that because I I I knew, you know, I knew what I did in this league. You know, when I when I got to L.A. and Philly, they wanted to make me a bench guy and stuff. Hell, I was I was geared. I saw on that Laker team. If you played me 30 minutes, I was going to lead that team in scoring and rebounding. But yeah. I wasn't given yeah. the chance to do that. And I know you'll have some of these announcers say, well, yeah, he, he wants to win on his terms. I think that's why we didn't win ultimately a lot of these games. You know, because, I mean, I, I ain't afraid to talk about it now. I, Cooper, no, I didn't say a word. I didn't say a peep. I just suffered through that stuff. You know, you've been averaging 30 points a game, and you're going to come to a team and they're going to bring you off the bench? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And then when I get traded to uh, Boston, Casey Jones going to put me in the game. I'm averaging 28 points a game after I got traded, and you're going to put me in the game with three minutes to go? I told him, no, you ain't doing that. I ain't doing that. <laughs>